Hi, I'm the Ninja Jedi. And I'm Lex from the Zoo. And you're listening to the Cashers Corner Podcast. Welcome back to the Cashers Corner. I'm your host, Zor, and your co-host, my co-host, Reverend Slippery. And uh, this month we have uh, special guests, Ninja Jedi, and Lexa Mizzou. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, so uh, you guys are relatively new to the, the sport of geocaching? Yeah. yeah. Less than a year. Coming Less up year. on one year uh, in a few months, actually. So. Oh, yeah? Now, how did you, uh, how did you get started? Uh, well, we were actually camping with a friend of ours, Heath Tree, and... Uh, in Fundy Park walking on Caribou Plains. And as we were going across the boardwalk, he said, hey, there's a geocache here. And I asked him, what's a geocache? <laughs> yeah. Kind of just exploded from there. As soon as he told me there was an iPhone app, and I didn't have to buy any expensive equipment to try it out. <laughs> so you use an iPhone to cache? I do, yeah. yeah. Works I, great. I use my phone all the time. I, I told myself, the second I have a cache I can't get with my iPhone, I'll go out and buy a proper GPS, and it hasn't happened yet. So, so how far along are you guys in... Uh with your find count so far? Uh, I'm at 303. I just hit just over 200. I don't get to get out as much. Uh, okay. But you guys, you're just using your iPhone and doing, yeah. you've got that. Well, that's, that's, that's good to hear because I know, I know it's better now than it was because the app at one time, well, the app and the iPhone reception was really bad in the early days. <laughs> the uh, iPhone 4 has better, better GPS than the iPhone 3G. Yeah. Just from what I'm told. I use, I use my Android, and I can get probably within 5 meter accuracy most times. We did just get a tablet, so we've been trying that for Oh, yeah. The yeah. Samsung you got? Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. It works. I haven't used mine yet, because i got four GPSs, so I'm okay. <laughs> the accuracy seems okay. It's just yeah. bulky to carry through, Yeah, unless and it's, it's parking grabs. Yeah. I fell on my face today, so good thing I didn't have a tablet with me. E- Evil C can tell you a story about about having his tablet with him while he was out hiking. It was prior to his caching days, and he fell in the he fell in a river or something, and he had like the tablet on with him at the same time. That's pretty. There's, there's our, our, our we always get the uh, the ding from Ken's phone yeah. in the podcast. So there's always the concern with the iPhone of having the otter case on there and making sure it's not going to fall, or you have in your pocket if you're crossing any rivers or anything. My very first day out with my new Magellan, it broke off the lanyard and it fell on the street and was running across the road. <laughs> so I'll check very first trip out after I found my first cash. So it happens. Yeah, it does. I think that's the big reason why I'm not a... I don't use the iPhone a lot. I mean, I, I started with a GPS. It's how I started caching since what I'm used to. But uh, I always have that paranoia about it falling in the water or the snow. But you'll find even when you do go buy in Oregon or whatever you guys buy, you're still going to take out your phone to look up listings live. Yeah. yeah. Still, I did today. I said, i, I got to check something out, and I called up the listing. It was a little easier. I think we're spoiled, too. I mean, the interface on the iPhone app is gorgeous. The, the touch screen. The but uh, I'm assuming, considering where you work, you have a Rogers account. I do. On your phone. Because <laughs> that's going to limit you it is when, great when you're on the town. <laughs> it's yeah. no good in Funday Park. No. Uh, you can save maps offline, though, and the GPS works just fine. Yeah. When you we don't do that a lot. If yeah. we know we're going on a trip, we'll save Yeah, I've saved maps there, yeah. as well online. And cool. yeah. but you, pretty soon you're going to invest in a legitimate... I, I can see it happening, yeah. You can yeah. use it for more than just geocaching as well. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So in our uh, 
news, a couple of things. I, there wasn't a lot of really big news items for geocaching this month. No. So uh, I, I grabbed a couple and I had asked the folks on Cash Up if anybody had anything to talk about. So this one yeah. came from Heath Tree. He mentioned, I think he was the one that mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, he did. Um, that uh, Grasbeak has issued a new type of challenge called QR challenges. And it's basically it, exactly like a Munzee. It's the yeah. same thing as a Munzee. Yeah. So, and it won't count so people won't do it. <laughs> that was my question. No. <laughs> They're going to count as a challenge, not as a geocache. Okay. So no one's going to do them. I know Munzees are big in Nova Scotia, especially down in Wentworth, not Wentworth Valley, um, the other valley. Annapolis? Annapolis Valley, that one. They do a lot. Really? Down, oh, yeah, they're crazy down there. Really? Four Seasons goes nuts for them. They love them. Really? Yeah. The Munzees are big down there, and they're not so big up here. Uh, you went. I, I, you had, the, I had the first one in Atlantic Canada. and um, Yeah, you went on a big spree there for I a put while. out about ten. Yeah. Zonker and Seppet did as well. I found one uh, one by accident after we were doing your Rickroll series. Yeah. And right at the end, by, or by the highway, there was one stuck to the post. That was, that was the first one we ever saw. Probably um, Digger. Yeah, I think so. Digger's got a bunch along oh, the highway. Oh, does he? Yeah. Hmm. He comes to Moncton often. His daughter lives here. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I uh, yeah, I saw that. I, I didn't read much about the, the QR challenges, but I thought... There's not much there. There's a short little 30-second video on YouTube, and that's about it. Yeah, it's saying that it, it's coming. It, it hasn't been released. I think the thing, there was one of the posts on the forum that I read that was quite interesting in the fact that they were saying it's kind of where, it's kind of interesting where Brown Speaks now kind of copying other people. They, they took the idea of badges and stuff from like Foursquare and Gowal and all of that. Yeah. That's now that you have the souvenirs and then now they've got this, these challenges with, that are just like Munzees. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see how they're... They're being inspired, I guess you could say, by others. Maybe they got, say they're ripping them off. Maybe something from open caching, like being able to rate a cache. Yeah. Now you can favor a cache, yeah. but you can't rate it. Yeah. It's right. either favorite or not favorite. There's no kind of in between, right? Yeah. And I kind of wish you could favorite events because there's some events you go to, and I like I just loved the event. I really, really yeah. enjoyed it, but you can't you can't favorite events. So. I almost wish you could like and unlike things. Like, well, there's no unlike button on Facebook. I wish there was one there too. <laughs> a dislike. I but hate it, this yeah, cache. I wouldn't mind having a dislike. An unfavorite. <laughs> yeah, this one gets rated bad so many times. Knock it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, a couple of other little things. So, uh, Cash Up NB is putting on a little uh, little contest for uh, a night at the Delta. This was uh, this was donated from someone uh, who, at this time, did not want his name to be known. He asked very specifically really? uh, to not mention who he was. He says he says if someone asks you face to face, you can say that, but not to. He offered you offered it to me. Yeah. Oh, did he? And I said no. I can't go. I don't want it. So let's do a contest. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he he offered this as a as a donation. So we're running this contest where you share a story about winter caching, and you get a chance to uh, basically it's a random draw for a night at the Delta Hotel in Fredericton. And seeing as the it has to be used by the end of April, and the come out and play contest kickoff or the not the kickoff sorry the the bye bye winter bash events for the contest is at the end of the month. It seemed kind of like a good fit. So uh, I don't know how many are on there. There's like 20 comments or so. Yeah. One of which was mine, I think. You had one in there. No, I'm not putting one because no. I don't want to win well, it. Well, I put I put my name in, but I'm not. You know. You already got a room booked, don't you? I already have a room booked, so the whole family's going for that. So you basically just comment with the story. Yeah, okay. just just. Uh, oh, his went off this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just find the, find the uh, the story on Cash Up New Brunswick, and it'll say like win a night at the Delta or something. 
do a comment and just tell a story. What one of your favorite winter caching stories? I think we have and a good one that I'm thinking of. So if, if you have a really good story, uh, but it is random draw. But if you don't put your name in as a comment, you don't get it. And it's it it, it is a free night at the uh, at the Delta in Fredericton. So uh, and then you'll be you'll uh, our volunteer our our donator will get you uh, all hooked up there. Yeah. So speaking of contests, our uh, my cohort uh, my cohort here. Yeah. Want a contest yourself? Would you tell us a little bit I'm about that? I'm bragging about that a lot. <laughs> I uh, I saw it from you. Yeah, that's why I said it to Mary. You, you, you there was a contest with Magellan on Twitter. If you retweet their video link, yeah. they'll they'll do a draw for an Explorer 710, which is what I've got. And uh, he did it. And I saw. It, I said, I'm going to do it. So I did it with my two Twitter accounts, and I won the second out of five. I won the second one picked. Nice. So they sent it to me. I got it within about a week and a half. The only issue I have with it, it's a USA model. And there's, I have world maps. I've got all the streets in Moncton on it. But um, I can't put any Canadian addresses in. And I have no Canadian topo. Oh. So, so you're looking for maps for it? I was looking, and then I decided to try Magellan. So I emailed them and tweeted them. And they sent me back a tweet saying, we're going to look into fixing that for you. Stand by. Really? So I'm hoping they're going to send me the maps on this card. That would be nice. So that would be really nice, though. It's an awesome machine. It goes for $549. Wow. It's the top of the line. It's got the barometer in it. It's got video, camera, voice recorder, and everything. It's Does it find the cache for you? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Does it find the log for you? No. No? No. Well, you know, that would be the uh, Nascent's model. <laughs> they have all the fancy stuff in theirs. Right? It's the, uh, the Garmin Texas. <laughs> <laughs> the stonecutter model. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, uh, but, so, yeah, I won it, and now they're doing it again. Yes, I saw it. They did it again, so I retweeted that one three times. So I'm going to try to win another yeah, one. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to uh, get on that. Yeah, I have to get in there and, uh, and get my name in a couple of times. I have yeah. a whole handful of, can- of Twitter accounts. They, they have a video. Yeah, I've got, I got three that I look after, and so I tweeted all three of them. But they have a video, and you have to retweet the video on YouTube. This GPS is waterproof up to a meter for 30 minutes. That's oh, really? Good. Yeah, so you can completely submerge it. Yeah. So, and if you take a picture, it automatically geotags it and all that stuff. So if you upload your track to geobreadcrumbs.com and then throw the pictures in, it actually puts the picture right on the timeline of where you took it. Yeah, in your trail. I've seen those done before. You can do that. Evil C does yeah, it. Yeah, Evil C does it. He does it with a regular camera. Yeah, he because he's really big on the breadcrumbs. So yeah. He does a lot yeah. of that. So it's kind of cool. I'm not a track guy. I've never been a track guy, but I am sort of playing with it now. Is there uh, any device now that doesn't take pictures? I'm pretty sure everything you can buy takes a picture. Well, there's only two GPSs that do, right? The 450 and the 550. Yeah. I think the 610 and the 710. The 550 in the Garmin line, the yeah. 550 in the Montana, one of the, I think the, the Montana, Montana must take pictures, I'm too. I'm sure the Montana. I've seen them. The, they're big. The 550, the 550 takes photos. I think that's the only one. Unless one of the... Uh, Yours doesn't? Yeah, mine does. Mine's a 550. The 450 does, too, I believe, doesn't it? I think so. Oh, okay. There you go. Maybe. I'm not a Garmin guy. We'll talk about that later. We'll have that conversation later. (laughs) Um, So the other thing I put down here, uh, I'll do, actually I'll do one, uh, Jim's thing first, which was, uh, Jim 52, for those, uh, most people probably know that name, because he's he's kind of an infamous cacher around uh, New Brunswick, has, I think he's our highest finder in the province. No. No? In New Brunswick? Not in Atlantic. Oh, he still is in New Brunswick, I think. I know think. he's not in Atlantic, Canada. No, the gypsies have passed him, and the three bears have passed him, and um, somebody else. So, but I think in New Brunswick... Beaver Pelt passed him. probably still the... He might still be number one. Anyway, Jim 52, most people have heard of Jim 52. 
uh, if you look at Monk, the Moncton area, he's got his name in puzzle caches. So that's been around for at least a year, I would say. Yeah, at least a year, not more. Um, and he has officially said that it's going to be retired in the fall, so he's going to archive that series. So if you haven't had a chance to uh, haven't had a chance to snag all the ones from his name, that now's the time to do it. So have you seen it? You know, yeah, we have them all solved. Yet. Actually, we have the we have them all solved. File. We just need <laughs> yeah. to uh, get them. Yeah, I found the first couple by accident while we were trying to place some caches along the trail. You're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so just an FYI, you know, we'll have to keep our eyes up for the archive messages to come in. And the the last little bit of news that I had was I actually emailed Milo's Heart to get the stats on the Come Out of Play contest. Did you guys play? Did not. No. no? I was uh, reading all about it though. I wanted yeah. to. So maybe uh, maybe ne- next year. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Last year I only got nine done. This year I got all twenty. You did all twenty. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this for anyone listening and yourselves, this is the second year that they've run this Come Out and Play contest. So last year, last year was the first year and they didn't have any hiding aspects to it. Uh, this year it was a little bit different. They incorporated some different tasks and hiding into it. So, but uh, here's a couple some stats. So there were 116 registered players uh, compared to 48 from last year. So it's more than double. Uh, there were 1,574 tasks in the contest approved. So that means there was 1,574 hides or finds done as part of the contest. Uh, 68 players completed all 20 tasks, including our own Reverend Slippery here. Yeah. It was only 19 last year that completed them. There have been at least 412 caches hidden for the contest. And they said that they missed a few at the very beginning. And that only used, only counts hides used to claim tasks, does not count hides over and above what was needed. So, you know, if you needed to hide two caches, they might have hidden five. So, 412 at least. Uh have been hidden. Uh, the three most claimed uh, tasks were count lines with 51, four quarters with 53, and the kid cash, which had 55. What was the first one? Uh, How many lines? That was number three. Okay. Number three was count lines, number two was four quarters, and number one was the kid cash. Kid cash one was pretty easy to get. The least. Oh, sorry. Somebody have to go in and verify all of the submissions. Yes, that would be Gwen herself. Miles Miles Hard. Basically, the way it worked was I don't know if you looked at the form, but there's all the tasks that are listed. So when you want to claim a task, you go onto the page and there's like a a submission or submit task or whatever. You fill out the form with all the information. You pick the task. You give the code. Well, how many points you're claiming? All this. And when you hit submit, it goes sends an email to Milo's heart. Okay. So she received 1,574 emails and verified each and every one of those. Wow. Jeez. So, and usually within a day or two. Yeah, within a day or two. It was an Excel spreadsheet they created to track all of it. Okay. We had a copy put on the website so you could track your own scores as well. Uh, going to look at, since this is obviously growing, going to look at uh, getting cash up to maybe uh, find a way to help her with that a little bit. Automate most of it. Yeah, some of that tracking needs to be automated because that's that's a lot of work and she's done a fantastic job, great contest, but that's a lot of work for one person. To Especially if it keeps growing at the same rate year after year. Yeah, exactly. You know a guy that likes working with databases? <laughs> no, I don't no. think so. <laughs> Evil C. Yeah, that's what he does for a living. <laughs> the least claimed tasks, uh, number three, was fancy dress with 11 claims. It's a mountain, not a molehill, was number two with nine claims. 
And the number one least claim task was now you don't, now you see it with eight claims. I can pretty much I remember what fancy dress is. I'm pretty sure I know what eight's a mountain, but I don't know what the And if you have to hide it or find a cache that's with the word mount in it or on a mountain, that has okay. the word mount. And what was the last one? Uh, the least one was Now you don't, now you is see that it. the one with the, a cache that you've DNF'd before, maybe? And now um, you find it? Maybe, maybe. If you DNF the cache and went back and found it again the second time? Oh yeah. Maybe. I've done that a handful of times. I wonder if it's yeah. found. If yeah, I've DNF'd to do this time. week. Pardon me? If you didn't find it the first time, there's chances are you didn't find it the second time. <laughs> I DNF one today that I had uh, yesterday. I had my hands on it. Both Zonk and I had our hands on it. Didn't realize it. Really? I can't. I'm not going to say what it is, or where it is, but we had our hands on it and didn't know that that was it. I had a DNF. We tried <laughs> to do what it's supposed to do, but it wasn't doing what it's supposed to do. Okay. I'll explain when we're off. <laughs> off mic. Uh, yeah, I I got a DNF tonight, actually, as I was waiting for you guys. The new one on the bridge, Billy Bob's new one? Yeah. I had my hand on it twice. And walked in, I said, no. And, and Donker went back in, and he says, wait a second. And he pulled a little bit harder, and it came out. It came out. Where's this one? It's right on the Gunningsville Bridge. Okay. But yeah, it's closer to the mountain side. You might be able to park where the guy sells the lobsters and the cops park all the time. All right, yeah. And just walk from there. It's shorter. Uh, okay. We we parked on the Riverview side and walked across the bridge. There's a cash rate at that parking spot, too, That's right? That's mine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> lobster man. Yeah, yeah, the lobster man. So if you park at that cash, yeah. just walk up the bridge. It's on the mountain side of the bridge, more. So. Right it's not in the middle. And it's yeah. a tricky, good little hide. I was going to say, because uh, I got a DNF tonight for a shot in the dark, and it was you that found the other cash? Yes. So you thought you had the FTF, That was eh? my very first not first to find on that one. <laughs> and it was raining, and I was excited, and, and then I got the email later on telling me how wrong I was. <laughs> well, the thing was, is I remember that because they, he had, Delivery Man, I think was the guy that had the cash that was there. He'd had that for a long, long time. And it used to be, the con- well, when I found his container, it was on the rim of the bottom. Okay. On the ring when I found it. When I found uh, it, it was under the seat. That's exactly where I found it originally. But when I went, when you, and I got the log from you, and you said you found it, and this and that, and then somebody else said, it was uh, Hillbilly Bob, had said, well, I found it, but he sent me an email saying, I found a container, and he says, he told me what the container was, and he says, but there were no names on the log. He's like, so that's when I was, I had seen your log come in, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then I went back and I searched the whole container and sure enough there was a whole yeah. thing and sure enough there was another another one on there. So. We spent a while on that when it was really I found it like twenty seconds. I just happened to look in the right spot. We spent a while you on found it, the, the like, real one. Up to our ankles yeah, yeah. in the water. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Now, I walked up to tanks and a yeah. machine like that and took three trips to get it in two hours. Like well, other times you walk up and boom it's right there. I think uh, I think Zonker took him three tries to get the shot in the dark, and good. I and I felt good about that because it took me like three or four to get his tank. <laughs> tank in Riverview, have you found that one? <laughs> the one in Riverview? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've been there five times now. <laughs> I haven't found it yet. Last time it was a big lake all around it. That so was a lake with ice. It was oh, really? We could barely step on it. Yeah. I could give you a hint. Yeah, I only I found it you. because you because you gave me a hint. I remember yeah. that. If the if the, the gun is shooting this way, it's yeah. over. It's over around here. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a good way to give a hit without them knowing it. Eh? Mm. Nice. Nobody knows, but just them. All right. <laughs> so uh, I got the first to find on it. <laughs> recent events and caches. So there's a couple of well, there's been a bunch of events since uh, our last podcast, which yeah. was an early, uh, early because of the contest. Event. Yes. Well, there was a St. Patrick's Day event, which I don't think you went to. That was the one in Salisbury. 
Yes, no, I couldn't go. Was that was uh, that was a pretty nice. It was a nice. It was. I heard. Big. I mean, but it was a nice little event. They hit a bunch of castings in the area. It was a great pizza. I mean, the whole family went to that. Yeah. Um, and I was on the road when they had the wing event. I went to that. Did one. you? Went, so was that uh, small turnout, big turnout? Fifteen, fifteen or so. Yeah, probably. We had a table and a half, probably. Cool. cool. Was the one in Riverview. Yeah. yeah. Okay. At Five Bridges. Yeah. Shadow Lane's event. Yeah. So. Uh, Regular breakfast. I actually went to one a couple weeks ago before I went to LA to snag a whole pile of travel bugs. You were desperate, were you? Well, travel bugs. I knew I was traveling to. I knew I was traveling to Los Angeles, and uh, and I'll talk about that in actually just yeah. a minute. Uh, cool. I I wanted a whole bunch of bugs to bring with me, and a tiger tracker had come back from Florida with a bag. Like he had tons of them. Now how's that? Your travel bug goes from Florida. <laughs> To, to Brunswick, to California, yeah. <laughs> within, a, within a week or two. Yeah, so awesome. uh, so I, I went to that breakfast. It had been a while since. And they had a, it was a really big trip. You guys own any travelers yet? No. You haven't put any travel bugs? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we have one now. Right now. Yeah? One, one's goal is to make it to Gillette Stadium. Now this picture taken in front of the... Are you a Patriots fan? I'm a huge Patriots oh. fan. <laughs> Did you have to notice my jet sticker in the back of my truck? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and we met Cable Guy and his massive Steelers stuff all over everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went to Gillette Stadium with Cable Guy to watch a game. Yeah. Didn't the Patriots win that game? Patriots? Oh, yes, they won that game. <laughs> <laughs> they won both of them last year. Buggers? Phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, be Tebow time this year. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, that is. That is. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other yeah. events. There's some, uh, there was a GC301 event put on by a couple of new catchers. I think that was in Fredericton. There was it a can't G- be new if you're doing a 301. No, it was. I don't. I don't know if they. I think they. I believe. I think that was Mad River Runners that did it, and they're yeah, relatively. That was their event. Yeah, but I believe Coop Square did yeah. the. Uh, yeah. the teaching part. Yeah, I think he did a big part of that. It was a chilly night. There was uh, puzzles and pizza, which they did again, which I wouldn't mind going. That's. Uh, I don't. Know, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I know. I'll, really I'll think of it, and I'll yell it in the middle of the podcast when I think of his name. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be. I would. Wouldn't mind going to one of. One of those, or having one of those here, because I suck at puzzles. We've had this discussion a dozen times. They, they sit down, they order pizza, and they all solve puzzles, puzzles together. together. Yeah, and yeah. you share. Yeah. You work with each other. That's yeah. all right. I think it's a great idea. Really, I just I work with him separate, <laughs> and he just gives me all the answers. <laughs> I'll just sit in the back and write them down. Whatever he's saying, eat my pizza. Yeah, exactly. I was work, I worked with him last night, and I come up to take over, and he goes, "You want this?" And it was uh, EBE's new alien puzzle with the alien language. Okay. It just came out. He goes, "Here, do you want it?" I said, "Okay." So, even if you want, I might go find that now that I have the coordinates. <laughs> I might. Um, also saw there was the uh, Ides of March. Do you know much about that event? I caught it in the calendar. That was um, down in St. Stephen. Yeah. I and it was uh, Moshera. Andy. Some and kind of, yeah, a- Andy Mosher. Yeah, yeah. She did it. And it was kind of a go there, get a whole bunch of clues and, and tasks and go and do them to find puzzles. It was... Quite, quite a uh, undertaking, oh. and from what I've seen, it was it was very well done. Yeah, I, I met her; she's very nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually been thinking we, we met her in Fairton. Remember her? And we were at that little park in Fairton doing the uh, series, oh, and the three women come up yeah, and she was over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. Okay, yeah, Because nice. yeah, I actually been thinking about going out to that the St. Stephen. I'd love breakfast. to go for the like go maybe rose. go to maybe go to St. John on a Saturday, cash in St. John, stay the night, to get up in the morning, go to St. Stephen for the event, and then come home. <laughs> Like that. I, one of these days, because I don't necessarily know I want to get up at 6 in the morning to drive three hours to St. Stephen. But. What would be even better, though, is to go and spend the night in St. Andrews. Oh, 
really nice. A lot of caches there. Yeah. Go over to Camp Bellow Island, go Grand Manan. Yeah, get them. that's that would that, be a great trip. Great. That'd be great. Yeah. Good, good trip. Speaking of trips, um, you two just got engaged, did you not? Uh, well, we just uh, put it on Facebook, but it's yeah. something that we've been talking about for a while. Oh, okay, <laughs> I saw it on Facebook, that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. you guys are going to have to plan your honeymoon for geocaching. Wow. <laughs> well, we're, we're getting married in Fundy Park, actually, right at the... Uh, when? Is there a date? Time? I'm not, a, I'm not being nosy, I'm asking. End <laughs> of September. You can tell me that... This September? Yeah. At, wow. at Fundy Park? Yeah. yeah. Awesome, good for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm going to be married 21 years now. Seven? Seven in October? Awesome. <laughs> this is cool. Very, uh, very good. Congratulations. So, so for honeymoon, not sure where we're going to go, but I'm sure there'll be some caching involved. Once you get started, everywhere you go, if you go any, travel anywhere, you have, you have to get caches. I'm trying to think of how you'd incorporate caching into the wedding itself and thinking. <laughs> Ask Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget had a, his, his reception was an event. <laughs> was listed on GC.com. Okay, I believe his cake was either camouflage or an ammo can cake. <laughs> I can't remember. It was geocaching related. He doesn't cache a lot. He's not hardcore. He's only got, what, 15, 1,600 finds? Yeah. And he had the first one in... in yeah, and he's been caching yeah. a long time. He's been caching a long time. And, he's, you know, he goes out and does a few every once in a while and stuff. And he's still involved, still hiding. Yeah, so. uh, the only other event I was going to mention, this wasn't a New Brunswick event, but it was an event that I put on, and I thought I would uh, just kind of talk a little bit about it was uh, part of the new job that I got through my work is I have to travel doing training, and I was going on a course, so I knew I would be traveling to Los Angeles. So I looked to see if there were any, uh, any events going on in the area, if there was anything going on, if there was any associations or anything, there was not nothing. And I remembered, I don't remember his name, maybe you remember, the guy from Edmonton. He comes here every once yep. in a while, and yep. he, he usually hosts an event at Jim, uh, Jungle Gyms, is where he did it the last time. I didn't make it, but I remember him Having done that, he wasn't from Ranger the Ranger 170. Is that it? That's, no, that's the guy in Fredericton. Remember I said I'd yell it out? Oh. <laughs> he, does, he does the pizza. So the other guy, uh, when I remember his name, I'll yell it okay, out too. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was from Edmonton, and, he, and he, cause I think he came to one of our events. At he, the, the, he came here and was here for a few days, and he had an event at General Gyms. He hosted yeah. it. Yeah. He's from Edmonton. Yeah. Okay. And a bunch so of I, I remember that happened. I'm like, well, why can't He's can been I? here a couple times now. Yeah. I thought, well, why can't I do that? So I, I went on Google Earth or street view, and looked where my hotel was, and so I looked at restaurants and coffee shops and any little places around, and I found this place called Winchell's Donuts. It's a little tiny donut shop. Three tables. Really tiny. And I'm like, I don't know anything, I'm just going to list it. And then all of a sudden, all these people start going, there, they there haven't been events from this area. Yeah. Uh, there had not been an event in that particular region of L.A. in four years. Wow. There's events in and other you were in parts. Culver City? Where they yeah, I was in Cul- I was that's in where they film the game shows, aren't they? Price is Right isn't in Culver no, City? No, that's in... Uh, that's right in... Uh, okay, sorry. Elsewhere. Anyway, so... Uh, went there, had the event, probably two dozen people showed up. Uh, a I lot of looked at yeah, it. Yeah, there was a lot of people that showed up. There was... Uh, I'll have to post... Well, if you look at the uh, the event, I'll put the code in the, uh, the show notes, but... Yeah. There was, uh, there was a woman there... 89 years old. She's a cashier. She had caching jewelry. So she had bison tube rings, <laughs> bison tube earrings, a necklace with had, that had caching stuff on her. Um, there was a whole bunch of different people that were there. There was a couple from Switzerland that was in L.A. for their vacation. They were cashers, saw that there was an event, and said, we got to go to this. So I got a, one of the trackables I brought back with me. I remember out of town there was an event. I went to one in... Halifax last month when I was here. Oh, did you? Yeah, so oh, that's cool. 
Buster Pizza, and I went. I'm going to town. Yeah, there's a... Well, I knew a couple of people there. There's a now. I'm in London next week, and there's an event in a pub in London that I'm oh, going to go to. Oh, so I'm I'm pretty excited about you that. You that doesn't drink. Yeah, me that doesn't. And drink. a pub in London. So, <laughs> but still, you know. But their beer is crappy. <laughs> anyway, so that was, like, that was kind of a. Don't oh no. no okay, good. All right. <laughs> so that was kind of a, an interesting little uh, experience putting on an event for literally. I would. So our cash is the same there. Cash is the same. You're all same, geeks like us. All geeks like us. Same awesome. same kinds of stories, you know, caches they found, places they've been. There was two guys there that had, was their first event. Oh yeah. Been, one guy had been caching four years. That was his first event. Because just I've got well over a hundred events, but I'm gonna be a junkie. So there was several people that were like that. A lot of people from quite a ways out. I was really surprised that there's so little events. And then one of the guys there said. He says, well, if I knew it was this easy to host an event, we'll just have to have one on, like, find the nearest Starbucks to my house, and we'll have one there. I'm like, you don't. That's all you need. That's all you need. And somehow they seem to think that events had to be these big, big things. And Some know, people do. And and we overtook that little coffee place. I mean, it was so loud in there and so many people. They probably and, appreciated the business. And, well, the woman that was there, she, you know, she was dillying out the, the food and the coffee and stuff. And when it was all done and I'm late, I gave her a big tip. I said... This is for you. Thank you for putting up with us because, you know, we're loud and, and kind of getting in the way of our other customers. Very few other customers, mind you, but we basically own the uh, own the shop. So it was, it was pretty cool. Sometimes the smaller events like the breakfast, so you just go eat, talk, and leave. Those are more fun than the big to-dos with everything there. Yeah, it, it kind of depends on the events, but yeah, it's, especially if there isn't many in a particular area, you tend to get a big surge of people that come. Well, Moncton at Breakfast used to get 40 people yeah. when I was at Don Cherry's, and then now it's, it's dwindled down to 15 to 20. I think just, just people are, there's a lot of events. Um, so, uh, but I used to like the one at Don Cherry's because of Angela. Well, she was at our... The waitress, she's a, she's a cute little thing, and she was really nice, and everybody tipped she her well. She was at our relaunch event. Relaunch okay, event. yeah, yeah. She's a cute little waitress, so yeah. So. And we all knew her, she knew us. Yeah. So. That, was a, yeah that was a reason to go there, for sure. So, uh... We were working that day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Keith and I were. Yes, that's right, you guys were there. Yeah. Could you have an event at Angie's? Not that I'd want to, I'm just wondering... No comment. No, I'm just wondering what would happen if anyone's ever tried something like that before. I'd probably be upset with the the cover charge that say it's too high of a price to pay. (laughs) Anyway, just that just interesting. It would be funny to see the logs anyway. There'd be a lot of notes. Uh, Do you really think that's what it would come down to? A lot of people like taking pictures at events too, right? So that probably wouldn't be good. They might think you're creepy. Talk about hiding things in containers in the woods. They'd be like, really. Yeah. Um, new caches. So you said EBE fifty one put out some Pacific Junction Road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that I road is rough. Yeah. I went through it with my truck and it was like a washboard, and there was one puddle that I put the picture on the number three, I think it was, where if I opened my doors, the water was coming in my truck. Is that <laughs> deep? Wow. Yeah. But it wasn't too bad. It's a solid hard road. Okay. But uh, another month and be able to drive it. Where is that? Go up the end of Bears Mills Road, okay, and then just keep going back. There's a dirt road there at the end, and it, it comes right to Catamount Golf Course on the 126. Yep. yep. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. 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 Good caches, all, you know, just normal micros or smalls, and yeah. close to the road, quick and easy. 
Cool. And Zeppet's got a little trail up there. I did that. A little he, side trail. Okay, yeah, that one's still there. He had one that went all the way across, both sides, but he archived one side. Oh, the other okay, side was the other side? Oh, okay. There's five I, of them. I, I, I drove into two or three of them, and then we walked the rest and then come back out because it got a little narrow. Okay. And then I did a whole bunch of micrologics in the new industrial park today. So I also uh, saw Inspector Gadget, AJ Long, Misha, Morocco, I saw she put out a whole ton of cash. They're down in St. John area. Yeah, St. John I area. turned my volume off. I don't know why it's doing that. <laughs> uh, Jack 1129, Woody 437, Little Man 1 and Big Daddy, Grey Beast, always gets his name <laughs> mentioned, and Kent County Kitty. Kent County Kitty's been around a little while. AJ uh, Long puts out good cashes. Yeah. If you get a chance to go get his, your views are pretty good. He has a lot down the fundy, uh, the fundy area, doesn't he? Yeah, down in behind Sussex. By, yeah. Back around Foley Mountain, lot, back in there. That's his. That's where he, he's, he lives in Sussex. So he's got some great series down on the dirt roads back there. Yeah. So uh, that's just a small little snippet of. Uh, cash is hidden by various people. No, by no means, not every cash is hidden. You know, one thing I wish. Did you ever notice on your your profile page, you can click on list newest in New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. I wish it showed the distance and direction from your home on that page. Because look at the cache and I'll say, I don't know who that cache is, where is this cache? And if it said 50 kilometers west, I'd know where it was. You know, you have to click on them and figure out where it is. I wish it just had the, the distance. Maybe I should tell them. You could tell them. Say, or you could look at it in GSAC. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just browsing, right? Once you get past the first page that's full of events, yeah. breakfast events, then um, May's going to be busy as well. Yes, I have a, a list yeah. here for uh, things. But anyway, I wish you could see the, the distance when you're looking at the newest caches. Well, you make, you make the recommendation. I don't I'm going I'm, I'm to call Jeremy. You call Jeremy and, uh, <laughs> you know. It's my friend on Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, our topics cool. this month. So, this is one actually that... Uh, uh, Cash Up's going to do an event kind of talking about this, but uh, it came up in conversation. I'm the one that brought it up. So, let's, My fault again. Let's, let's attack this. So, this is, I've listed the topic as principles of hiding. Now, do you do you guys have any of your own caches that you've hidden? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. we're actually close to 15 now. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So, what kinds of caches do you guys, have you guys been hiding? Yeah, we started with the traditional. Yeah. Uh, like peanut butter jars and film canisters, things like that. Those are good. And, uh, nothing wrong with that. Your wireless one inspired me to do one. That's, That's the other one. Yeah, okay, we each yeah, own one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I did a few. I uh, started watching some videos on on the internet. Okay. Got some good ideas. Uh, I have one called uh, At Wits End. Okay. It's disabled for the winter, but there's a, a special tool, and you need to use that tool and a bearing to find out where the cache is. Okay. Cool. Uh, cool. And that one's re-enabled now after I did some maintenance on it. Where is it? Um. In behind the Coliseum, there's, in between the Coliseum and Monk to Monk, there's a patch of wood. Oh, there's four caches in there. That, yeah, yeah, okay. Three are Heath Trees. Yeah, uh, he's got his book one in there. Stop. Yeah. Actually, Zonka and I might be going there tomorrow to get them. We're going to get Heath's new one tomorrow as well. Yeah, he has, I'll call Rusty, a bucket of books, and Stumpy. Yeah. Yeah. And mine's right in the middle, so. Stumpy was, yours is the Malty. Mine's the Malty, yeah. yeah. Okay, I saw it. Yeah, Stumpy was the one that uh, had the hornet's nest at it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not well, in that cool. stuff so anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got that's a, good. Oh, cool. And how many more you got? Um, I think about fifteen. I think about fifteen. That's yeah, cool. I have a, a mini series, Three Musketeers. There's four of them. Yes, yeah, I see them. I have. I've never up that in the town. I live over here. Uh, the Jedi ones. Yeah, I got a couple Jedi inspired caches, but uh, nothing too fancy. But I think they're pretty good quality hides, considering I started hiding early. 
ideas for work. Yeah, but some people have it and some people don't. There's people that have been caching for years and still like crappy caches. So, so let, let, let's go with that. So when, when did you start hiding caches? How long had you been caching before you started hiding? It was only about four weeks, I think, but I, I told myself that after I find 50, because that was my own personal number. Okay, okay. I, I thought at that point I could see some you know, different types of caches, have a kind of a good sense of what was good, what was not. Okay. But, you know, I had a lot of friends. Uh, Heath is a cacher. He had a lot more experience, and I kind of leveraged his experience as well. That's a good so, idea, a very good idea. I, I think my inexperienced cacher who has somebody can call up and say, hey, is this a good idea? And they can say, no, that's horrible. Don't do that. <laughs> Or you know, don't ask it on geocaching forums. You know, <laughs> they're, they're almost as bad as YouTube. There. <laughs> well, we started at well after about 200, we'll hide one, and then it dwindled down. Well, maybe after 100, but as we got into it and as it got more exciting, I think we saw some really good caches and it gave yeah. us some ideas. And we said we gotta get into this too. But there's people that have gone out and never found a cache. We've had caches here for like 10 hides and zero finds, and they were awful, awful. So it's interesting that you would say that you. you purposely set a find count in your head when you were saying 200, 100. And there was the excitement behind that as well, the fact yeah. that, yeah. you know, you, you really get interested in the sport, and you're like, I, you want to you wanna do, you've been doing all this finding, now I want to go hide my own. Just, I, I can't speak for you, but I know for myself, when I, when I wanted, the reason why I wanted to hide is, one, I wanted to give back to the sport, and two, I wanted to see what people were going to say. I wanted those logs to yeah. come in and start reading yeah. it and see what comes back. So... It's interesting to hear you say that you know is, is now that you that you waited, and is that the reason why you, you waited a certain amount of time because you thought that it would be better to see what was out there, or just was there any other reason for that? I wanted to see what other examples, what other people had done with it. Like my first couple days, I went to uh, Mapleton Park and Irishtown Park, so I saw quite a few different kinds, different types of caches, and uh, I wanted to kind of have a good understanding of what to do, what not to do. Okay. And you want to know what you want back from it. You want to know what you want. Like, if you want the more amazing effect factor, the wow, yeah. then you're going to set it up that way. You, know, yeah. you want the idea to get it exactly in your head right before you get it all set up. I think my, my second week of caching, or my third week, is really early on, we went down to um, Sackville. And did critters. Oh, what a what a scene. so that kind of set the bar pretty high for yeah, what I thought. Really that, that, would, that would do it right there. Well, who Absolutely. wouldn't want to hide a uh, cache in a tube after that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. Now, how about you, Ken? How long did you? Well, wait? I started 2007, and I worked with Insepid. Yes. Who is like Jim? He's up 15,000 finds, and he, we were talking about it at work. Actually, I started in 2003, but I never found any, and I lost that account. Never. Yeah, it's a long story. <laughs> Uh, he told me, he says, I'd suggest you wait till you find a, a couple hundred. So I was probably around 200 before I hid. But I'm a really cautious person anyway for the most part. I was more worried about screwing up than I was about putting out something good. So my first caches were fairly basic to make sure they, they worked. They were very simple. So just a container hanging in a big tree was good for me. Okay, it works. Now I understand. I hid one. I'm successful. People are finding it. So, But I still don't have any... Most of my caches are just things hanging in a tree or stuck in a hole, nothing fancy. I'm so not, I'm not that type of cacher. So in your case, you kind of going off of what uh, he was saying, the fact that you had, you I had, had someone. I had a mentor, which was in Sepa. Yeah, he yeah. helped me out with a lot. So th that's interesting. Now myself, like I got introduced to the sport by Funky NASA yeah. uh, in 2007, and you know I, I went out once 
and that, that was basically it. I never, you know, I, I didn't, Alex and I didn't go out and catch yeah. much and that kind of thing. So I kind of set a, a set a rule, kind of like what you guys did. I set a rule in my head that 100 caches, I wasn't going to hide anything until I found 100. And, you know, as I got going along, very, really excited, wanted to hide, wanted to hide. So I come up with ideas, and I kind of stuck to that. And when I finally hit the 100, I hit 5, because I hit... I hid, well, the one that's at the YMCA, Go for a Swim. Yeah. I hid that one. I hid Funky's old stomping grounds, which I did maintenance on today. So whoever sent that log in, thank you. I replaced yeah. the log today. Um, I did one up by, how far off of Kendra? It's right by an old seniors complex. There's this, the one, you actually got it. You were one of the first people to find it. You slid down the ice all the way to the bottom, trying to get the... Uh, oh, way down, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? I can't remember what that one was called, but... That was the winter that the snow was <laughs> solid ice and froze thick. You couldn't bust through, and it was just like glass everywhere in the woods. It was so dangerous. Yeah. And I slid down, and I almost come up with a tree in my fork. Yeah, I, re- yeah. I remember reading the logs on that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was yeah. driving on the trees trying not to fall into the brook at the end. Yeah, yeah there was that one. Yeah, I was with you when you took it out, too, I think. Yeah, you did. Because yeah. I went out and I archived a bunch of did a big run, yeah. Uh, Eagle Ridge View, which is a micro right by Jones Lake, and I can't remember what the other the other cache was. Oh, there was a cache. I hit a cache. At, it was. Uh, you sure it wasn't the one in your backyard? No, that was an awful high. <laughs> Talk about inexperience. I had one literally in my backyard right here that you had to get access to from the ball field just up the street and walk along the river, and it was it was inexperience. It was that's a prime example of somebody that didn't know any better. And I mean, I I'm, I can cop to it. You know, Paul Stacy, he called me out on it. It was a crap cache. It was in a horrible location. It was a garbage dump, basically. Yeah, it was just, it was really, really awful. So the cache was fine. The place was, was yeah. The placement was bad, um, which kind of goes along with one of the things we say. Well, I have on this as, as yeah. a point is the fact that one of the things about hiding is good versus bad location. So, loc- you know, they always say location, location, location. Um, what what's your guys' sort of take on, on locations for caches, places you don't think are appropriate, things that are appropriate? Well, the normal guidelines, like schools, hospitals, to a certain point. I mean, I don't want a cache near a school if it's easy to get to and you're not really infringing on school property, stuff like that. Or, you know, behind the parking meter at the hospital is, is fine, too. But you don't go put it around the loading bay where the ambulances come in. That's kind of... Yeah, safety first. I mean, I guess yeah. when you're placing a cache, is just going to going to cause any danger to the person trying to go find it. But when you're, you got to think of the people finding the cache. If you go put a cache along Dieppe Boulevard, where there's no place to park, and there's houses across the street, and there's a little tiny park area, and everyone's watching you, you're like in a fishbowl in the middle of it, or in the middle of a, a cul-de-sac, because there's a little island in it, and everybody can see you, it's safe. It's just creepy. But, but everyone can see you, and you might not have a parking place, like, there's some on the boulevard, you can't park. Yeah. There's no place to pull over and park to get to it. So you're going to have to park a couple streets over and walk. And So you might force someone. GeoRider had one on the way to Funday Park. It was right on a curve on a guardrail, and you had to walk 200 meters up the road and park park, and walk up. It was just so dangerous. And so I emailed him and said, get rid of it. And he said, okay. Like, hmm. he, he did. I said, this is way too dangerous. But I think that type of stuff. you got to think of the person finding it. Do you think that bad locations comes from inexperience or just, quite frankly, people being stupid or a combination? There, well, there's <laughs> inexperience. There's people that just don't think. And 
and what's the word I'm looking for? We have too many caches around here. People are desperate for places. It's saturated, yeah. and people are getting putting them in bad places because that's all they they want to fit a cache, and one can fit there. So they're trying to find a crappy place to put a, a cache because they want to squeeze one in. I'm guilty of that. I'm, a lot of people are. We all. You know, because <laughs> there's there's so little room. But I I won't put a cache where I'm uncomfortable or I can't park. Like the one the one that comes out in my mind, I don't remember who hit it. <coughs> But there was a cache under the flagpole in front of the RCMP station at the <laughs> hospital. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Because I was I, it under the flagpole? It was under the flagpole. Yeah. I never got that one. In the RCMP's. Yeah. Like, in in their front yard, they have the building and the poles here. Ten things to tell the RCMP when they come and question you. Like, well, ask Keith about the yeah. Did I tell you that one? <laughs> the mean uh, two two hundred yards from the border, somebody put a cache. He's trying to find it at one in the morning. Please, oh my God! Yeah, please pull out. And say, what are you doing? And he was in his trunk at the time, putting his flashlight away. <laughs> so he made him open his trunk and show him what was doing, and explain everything. Oh wow! That's poor placement. Two hundred, two hundred meters near a, a patrolled border. No. Wow! <laughs> I didn't hear that story. Yeah, it's, well, he told me today he was over at the house. Whoa! Yeah. But yeah, there are bad locations, and I think sometimes people are forced to use bad locations. Because well, I don't think anybody's forced to use bad well, locations. No, but I people are getting desperate because they want to spot. And there's some that are also in very good locations, but there's just some cashers that aren't capable of getting them. Like, there's one on top of a phone pole, which we drive by, and I was like, that's a cool location, but there's no bloody way I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and Paul is very aware of that, and he's willing to take any crap people give him. He says, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's rated. It's a 5.5 five yeah. or whatever it is. No, I only get a little... It's a 1.5, isn't it? It's a 1.5, because it's easy to find. But, but it's hard to get to. You can to. see it from the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and he did that on purpose, and he's fully aware of that. Yeah. And people have found it, and he's not worried about it. But, yeah. And you, you can't find every cache. I mean, there's so... Oh, and I don't think that should be the case. You shouldn't have to hide a cache under the assumption that everyone's going to be able to get it. Yeah. And I think, you know what, that's actually a really good point, because there's a lot of people that think that, that if you hide a cache, everyone has to be able to find it. And I think that there's a certain, you should, everybody should be able to, fi to find a cache, but it doesn't, ne doesn't necessarily mean that everybody can. Not everybody can climb a mountain, not everybody can find a chirp, not everybody has a Wi-Fi enabled device for our Wi-Fi caches. And then people, and somebody says, well, I couldn't find it because I don't have Wi-Fi. They so can't, can't find it. And you can't, you find, can't find it. it. There's other caches to find. It's not, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it exactly. So, uh, if anything, those ones make me appreciate the sport even more and make me want to do better and yeah. Yeah. make better caches. There's, like there's challenge caches out there, like the 365 days, the fuzzy challenge where, three you, have days to, away. where you have to fill it. I've got three days left on my... Oh, that's the fizzy, fizzy challenge. No, the 366, I have three days left and for the 366 day, every calendar day of the year. Oh, I thought that was... I'm talking consecutive. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry no, uh, no, yeah, I was well, actually, that is hard. The 366 is fine. I, I'm nowhere near that. Or the fizzy challenge where you have to find every... Have you seen that before? Is that the difficulty train? Yeah. The difficulty the train grid. The 81? The 81, is that? Yeah, 81 or 82. It must be 80. I don't know. Nine times nine. Yeah, 81. 82. Working on that now. That's my... Oh, are you? Yeah. He's he been trying to get me to, to start one of the, the consecutive day challenges. And I don't want to be in a position where I feel like I ever have to go out. That I'm kind of forced to. Yeah. I did 211. <laughs> she passed me today. 212 today. He came to my house oh. to brag about it. <laughs> And, re and return my boots. I see the uh, the difficulty train, was it Fizzy it's called? Yeah. Fizzy, yeah. That's something I can work on at my own pace that I yes. never have to go yeah. out and do. Yeah. And when I get it, I'll get it. But that yeah. doesn't bother me that I can't get that. 
But uh, I didn't like the 365. I thought that was a little much. Oh, consecutive days, you mean? K57 just passed 366. He went 366, so it was a leap year, and he got him off. I don't know if he's still going or not. Knowing him, he's still wow. going. I, I see. I did 180 days And he could probably get it, too, unless something that was, happens. It was well, brutal. he went out with pneumonia. I'm pretty sure yeah. nothing <laughs> will hold that guy back. He's lucky because he, he got the winter done. That's the hardest part. Yeah. He made it through the winter. Had a good I've got from March to October done. Yeah. So I'm retired right now. I don't have to go. Yeah, see, I did April April through November, the end of October when uh, I went back to work. So Anyway, we're off topic. Yeah, anyway, yeah, so that's that's just an interesting... Uh, so we're talking about location. So, and the other thing that got, kind of went along with that was uh, containers. Yeah. Some people's poor choice of, uh, of containers. And this has kind of evolved as geocaching has evolved because the... The things like the coffee cans and the the butter containers. The original containers were a lot worse than what. Plastic bags hanging in trees. If you found any of those caches, nope. like Sobey's bags hanging in a tree. Oh really? Yeah. I yeah. Wouldn't there was somewhere like a yogurt container in a in a tree in a bag, like hanging in a grocery bag. <laughs> yeah. Those are that's garbage. That's not a cache. <laughs> yeah. So people stopped using butter tubs and yogurt containers two years ago. You don't see. You still see the odd one, but very very odd rare. One. Somebody needs maintenance logs, so they get before they change that. Most of them don't. It's funny. The uh, like some of the coffee can ones. I found some one of those today. work. Some of those work. Some of them don't. You know the red plastic folders yeah. ones? Yeah. I found one today. It was hidden in 2004. It had two inches of ice in it, but it was still solid. It's still closed. Um, in Centennial Park? No. Okay. No, it was a Mark Irene one out, out on Pacific Junction Road there. Um, but uh, it, the log was still dry. The book was still dry. And I've been out there since 2004. I, I, have a, I have a coffee tin, just a regular coffee tin that I had camo taped, yeah. really solid. And that lasted that lasted almost, well, I started cashing in 2008 as far as really cashing. And I hit it in 2008, and I just replaced the container like three months ago. Yeah. And the container was still good. It was just, it was starting to smell bad. And kind of, yeah. But yeah, some people, well, they, they're, they're picking, they might do the, the margarine tubs or well, they, they might do the gum, another, the gum containers. The gum containers are, are, those get used. It depends where you put those. Um, but the ones that I'm not a fan of is I know that there were some that were placed uh, at least last year were in those glass uh, salt and pepper shakers. They had the glass and with a, a screw top on them. Oh, I've never seen them. Yeah, and there was two or there was three or four glass of them. I think they were. It was a glass. It was a glass yeah. tube about this big with a screw top, and I'm like, that's just, any kind of rock, anything hits that container is going to be done. Yeah. Like really, I don't really think I've seen any of those. No, I, I've seen a handful of, of glass containers. It's it's not. Thirty five millimeters are, are okay, but they will leak eventually. Eventually. And don't put them upside down. People think putting them upside down is better. It's worse. It's the water runs down and goes in the lid and sucks yeah. in. Yeah. Put them right side up. There's a bunch of uh, Dan's dog series. He put them all upside down. We almost we replaced almost all of them. Really? Oh, you know, oh yeah, they were all wet. Before we we were the first ones to go out. Yeah, you There's guys. five were. of us that went out. We got them all. And Dan gave me supplies because I had to change them all. They were all. So don't put 35 millimeters upside down. They will soak in. I think one of the worst ones that I've seen is a um, a water container, just oh, for yeah. like joggers and like stuff. Like a water and, bottle. Yeah, and they had the Some top of them load, but you could you couldn't get the log out there. It funneled into a oh, small yeah. top. Oh yeah, a Nalgene bottle is not bad. That was a uh, night cache that we did oh, the yeah. other day. Yeah, out in Elbert County. Oh yeah. It was nice and shiny and everything. So if it was nighttime, it was, you'd see oh, it right away. Just. 
there's no bloody way you're getting the law. Well, I found one, and Paul Merrigan, you were there, the P guy last year? One that was um, missing, and the person said we couldn't, we found the wire that it was hanging off of, so we went to the car. They had an empty milk thing, a plastic milk thing, and they put a piece of paper, a receipt in it, closed it, and went and hung it on the wire. A milk <laughs> container. Just a little thin 500. It was awful. It was really bad. Those, those really bad. Those cashers are from Nova Scotia. Very high, very high fines. And there was actually a thread on geocaching.com in the forums about their trip to the States. People were getting mad at them because they were always leaving caches, throwing down, leaving replacements, but they couldn't find it right away. So they're known for it. Terrible, terrible throwdowns. Nut bottle. That was a... You know what, you know what I mean by throwdown. Yeah. You don't find it, you put your own in? Yeah. If you find the cache broken and you replace it, you find the lid, you find it tore up, that's one thing. You see something that's obviously you can't, a camoed container. You can't find it. You don't find it. It's a DNF. You don't throw your you don't put your own cache there and then say you found it. That's wrong. Sorry. <laughs> it is. We've had that uh, maintenance versus throwdowns are totally different things. We've had we've had I think that's actually been a discussion. Oh yeah, many times. Yeah. It happened uh Oh, the three of us, me, Heath, and Lex, were on uh, Hayward Cynical. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's two there. Yeah. yeah. There is now. <laughs> but no, he had found it before, previously. He knew exactly where yeah. it was. It wasn't there. We looked within 15, 20 meter yeah. kind of radius. Couldn't find anything, so we left another one. And the other one was there. See, so that's the problem with the throwdown. Yeah. It should have been. Yeah. Well, we had that happen in PEI. Yeah. We found, we found a cache, and then we found somebody's throwdown for it. So we took out the throwdown, and then the owner replaced the throwdown. You remember that? Yeah, the original was still there, and the owner, somebody, <laughs> took, somebody took it out. The owner went back and replaced it with another one, but we found, too, the original was still there, like three feet away, not even that. <laughs> Both of them right there. That was very, uh, very uh, the, Funny, the Hayward Pinnacle one, when I went to find it, I walked up there, and there was a group of kids there, and they had it in their hands. They were trying to figure out what it was. And I walked up and said, well, that's what I'm looking for. They gave it to me. I said, where's nice. the fire? They said, over there in that tree. So I used my GPS to put it back as close as I could. But people were looking at trying to figure out what it was. And that's probably where, why it wasn't where it should have been. <laughs> no, that, I found it long. I found it probably three, four years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. well, so we can save some of this for the event. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have we're gonna have an event. May 12th. May 12th, Riverview, Riverview uh, Fire Center. So we're going to talk about high suggestions for hides, bad containers, bad locations. Uh, I was thinking of some th other things like, you know, the best ways to tape up if you're putting hangers on a container and, and just little other tips and tricks about hiding. We have geocaching bag of supplies yeah. that you take out. Yeah, most people yeah, a lot do. Of people you know, a fun thing to do for that event is everybody come with a container they made and you trade it with somebody else and you have to make a hide with somebody else's container. That would be kind of a neat idea. That's yeah, a good idea. Right. We should do it. Uh, that would be a fun event on its own. Actually, not that. A container Do swap. A, a container swap event where bring containers. You can't bring more than one of a certain kind. Yes. If you want to bring five, they have to be all different. And try to make a different container, and everybody swaps. That would be a great idea. That's another idea for an event. It'd cool. be a good challenge, too. Okay, this one's covered in birch bark. You have to hide it somewhere in the city. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, the person that makes the cash has to put you know, where, they want it, where they want it hidden. And the person that takes the container has to abide by that. That'd be a fun event. Do you guys want to do it, or can I take it? <laughs> Why don't we work on it together? We'll, we'll talk. Yeah. All right, sounds good. So I can get the, I can get a place easily. So let's uh, let's hit our other topic here because I know uh, we're we're getting closer on our yeah. time here. So 
Um, the other topic I had for today, and I guess this kind of wouldn't apply to you guys, but you, you probably it might help them. They can hurt a little well, bit. Well, I've researched both, so, so I, I kind of uh, have opinions on, on both. Okay, so so basically the topic is Garmin versus Magellan. Now, when I started caching, I was told, Funky NASA told me, don't ever get a Magellan GPS. They're crap. They're awful. You wanna you wanna stick with Garmin. Garmin's the better one. Blah blah blah. Now I wouldn't know any better. That's what I was told, and that's kind of what I've been working with. That's what I've been using. I had a alleged HCX, and now I have an Oregon. I like both. I have no problems with uh, with either one of them. Uh, but I know Ken, you're you've been a Magellan guy. You've also had a Garmin. I, I as do well. want a Garmin. I uh, started. Go ahead. You're please. done. Yeah. Uh, when I started, I was working with Incepit. He had. An Explorers 500. He showed it to me. Liked it. Liked the maps. He loved it. So I went and bought one because he could put maps on and stuff. And at the time, Garmin was the only one making a geocaching GPS. You could actually put geocaches on it with all the descriptions and the hints and all that. And Garmin didn't have anything like that yet. Then they came out with the 60 model, the 60 CS and CSX, and those could do geocaching. And... Uh, they had a, they had more features because they were a little bit newer, and Garmin took over, took off because Magellan had crappy service, and they made those Tritons, which were oh that was disaster. A, that was a they bad. stopped that. They Magellan made Tritons, and they almost went bankrupt. Somebody bought them, and now it's a new company that owns Magellan, and that's why they've got the new Explorers and GC series, which are really nice. Um, the only thing I have to say, they both work great. I own both. I found Magellan had better maps, much more accurate maps, better maps, more up-to-date maps. And they were fairly, very easy to use, user-friendly, like two steps, and I could go from cache to cache and find stuff. But the uh, Garmin's are really nice, and they're solid. They're accurate as, as, as anything. And I like my 60. I, I don't use it anymore. I can speak to my, my viewpoint from the Garmin. Um, I've had a Legend HCX. That was the GPS I actually yep. used the first time I went caching. That was what uh, Alex Funky NASA had, and it, it was it was a great GPS. I really pushed it to the limits. Uh, but that was on the old E-Trex series where it had the rubber, yeah, the rubber around and the edges, and that. it always peeled off. So I always had a big giant blue lobster elastic around the, the edge to hold it on because even gluing it wouldn't help. Uh, that was the only the only complaint I ever had. My Oregon doesn't have any of that rubber on it. But I actually find I don't like the uh, the back on it either because the uh, the back on that one you, you flip the little uh, notch on the bottom to lift the battery compartment and that opens the back where you can put the batteries and the uh, SD card in. And I find that now I've had the GPS a couple of years. I find that compartment really hard to open. Like the little the little latch does not move very well anymore. It sticks badly. So I end up like prying my keys or something in there to get the back open. I. Yeah, like something. This one like, has a little twist with the pin in it, right? Yeah, so that'll that'll never. That's what the legend had, and I really yeah. like that on the legend. Yeah. I I can't complain about the 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 Oregon. It's worked really well for me. They're it, really nice. The accuracy works really well. The touchscreen is really nice. The uh, the geocaching features are really good. One complaint I have had, and I've seen other people with the same problem, um, with any line of the Oregon, is that if you load a lot of geocaches, like t typically more than a thousand. Uh, pushing like two to three thousand caches on the on the unit. A lot of times, the unit will not boot up. You turn it on, and it just sits there. Then you have to pull the batteries out, put the batteries back in, and then it'll, it boots up. I have over eight thousand caches. I can put ten thousand. I have over eight thousand. It takes about three minutes. Uh. <laughs> I have all of New Brunswick on here. Okay. Um, and it takes about three minutes 
for it to read the database and load up. Now, is that every time you turn it on? Yes. Or, see, on the Oregon, the first time you load, the first time you load a large database, like mine will hold 5,000 caches. No. Or, the first time it loads, it takes a long time. Then each time after that, it's fine. I just turned it on. I see how long it takes. <laughs> just in case you wake up. I don't think it does. I think. Tomorrow. Well, see, the, that's interesting you say that. And the, the, I, I kind of shut. This is a whole other side topic we could have another day. Yeah. Uh, I've sort of shied away from the keeping a database of the whole province. I tried to start. I just did it for fun. And, and see. I, I, I think I'm, I'm not going to go that route anymore. Uh, but what I've tended to do is if I go on a large road trip somewhere, I'll load. Because like, yeah. you never really know where you might be if you're traveling for an entire day. And yeah. You might not know where you end up. You want to load as many as you can. So having 5,000 is probably an excess. But, you know. yeah, I probably won't keep them all on there. No. I'm probably going to start filtering with my GSAC. And there, it just loaded up and it took 40 seconds. So you, you said you do well, some research on both? Between so the two, I mean, I'm, uh, this is kind of another brand versus brand discussion, but I only use Mac computers. Oh, okay. And I was told Magellan does not work well with Mac whatsoever. Ah, okay. So that makes my brand choice for a GPS unit real easy. <laughs> you want to know another thing, too? I am the only person I know that has a 710. There's a lot of, there's half a dozen 610s around. There's another 10 or 15 of their um, GC models, which is geocaching models. Yep. That's it. There's 500 people around here that have garments. And when you want a map, you're going to get a map. Yeah. I want a map. Nobody around here has maps or they're, they're too far away. I can't get free maps, we'll say. <laughs> no, the police aren't missing back, this. Backup back back copies of maps, right? You know. So that's one big advantage. And garments can share wirelessly, yeah. which is really cool. I'd go with, If I was yeah. buying, I would have bought a garment. Okay. I, I got that for free. I would have bought yeah, a garment. You're not going to turn down a free unit either no. way, right? <laughs> I would have so, bought a garment. But the fact that you're a Mac guy, that, that really influences, obviously, your decision to go that route if you follow well, them. I wanted to play nice with the computer I have. I mean, I, I do uh, have a virtual mm -hmm. machine running Windows. I use, uh, play around with GSAC in there. Uh, just so but I don't know why it wouldn't work, because I have no software for that. I plug it in, it turns into a disk drive. I drag my GPX folder over and I unplug it. Yeah, but I would assume that things like... And I'm sure your tablet just mounts as a disk on your Windows machine, too, but that's not the case in Mac. Yeah, mine does, too. When I plug <laughs> yeah. in my tablet, it just opens up all my folders. And I, but see, it's, it's, I don't have to use the, iTunes. The, the, Mac, the Mac platform is a little bit different. Yeah. So. so that, yeah, because Garmin uses, now, it's not it's not MapSource anymore, it's uh, Basecamp. Basecamp. Basecamp is available for the Mac. Yeah. So. That's interesting. I don't know what they've got here because I don't need it. Uh, yeah, Coop Squared would be the guy to, to chat with. He's a, he's a big, big He's a Mac, Mac guy, guy and he's got a, something that... It's like GSAC, I think. Yeah, he's using GSAC something. some kind of tool. Yeah, because we talk GSAC and you say, what? Because <laughs> yeah. they don't have a Mac version, and that's the coolest thing ever made. I, I played around with it. It's, uh, yeah. It was overwhelming. It is very, very overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I wouldn't it's like that Vegas Pro software for video <laughs> editing. Wow, you need a degree to run that. He asked me for a copy of Sony Vegas so you can do edits, because that's what I've always used, well, used for a long time for my editing. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, you better be prepared. Wow. I'm <laughs> um, not trying to make Titanic 3D here. Uh, it's on YouTube, video yeah. editing. It's I, uh, had the same kind of experience with Final Cut Pro. Oh, I bet, I bet, yeah, yeah. I opened it up, I looked at it, I was like, no. Yeah, but you got a Mac, and it's it's yeah, but like Final that. Cut Pro would be the same thing. Yeah, as, it's yeah. I mean even more so than Sony Vegas. Um, all right, so yeah, that's just kind of a interesting to have a little small little uh, conversation about the the Garmin versus. Well, one Pro. thing, like you you saw this and you looked at it. Yeah, it works almost the same as your yeah. Oregon. It's the picked it up and he goes, oh, this is easy. Boom, 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 boom. You, and I I own a uh, Garmin, so. 
it's I, I had no problem with it. I picked it up. And I knew how to do it. Right you know away. what the the thing I could almost see with the Garmin versus Magellan? It's this sort of PC versus Mac, iPhone versus Android, Garmin versus Magellan. It depends it, what you want to do. It, it it depends, and it depends on what you have available. Like for myself, the only reason I ended up with Garmin is that's what I was introduced with. Yeah. You know, you started with Magellan, with Magellan, and I mean, you using the iDevices for your for your stuff. Um, but you're all obviously, if you were to purchase a GPS, you're kind of limited by what what is available based on your on your pe- your computing choice, your platform. Well, and choice. if one of the, the the brands of GPSs was was significantly better than the other, I mean, like I said, I can put a virtual machine, yeah. and put Windows on. They're not significant. No one's better than the other. I've yeah. used them all now, and this is just as good as a Garmin. It really is. People will say stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's yeah. why me and Ken always had the. Uh, the little debate about the iPhone versus Android. Oh, well, well, yeah, we, we always have that, and, and I always come back in the same conversation. You know, whatever whatever works for you, whatever you like to use, and that's that's. I have I own two Androids. My wife and I, no, my son and I, my other two kids have iPhones. My wife has a BlackBerry Torch, so I've seen it all, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I'll take any of them but the BlackBerry. And I used to be a BlackBerry guy. Yes, that's true. So was I. We all, we sold the computers for a while, and customers would be like, "Well, what should I get?" In the end, they all do the same thing. Play with the buttons and see what you like. <laughs> if you don't like the buttons on this one, don't get this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. So. Cool. All right, so let's uh, let's attack our events in the closing off because we're, uh, we're right up on our hour mark, I believe. So. Yeah. Uh, regular breakfast. So there's the, the regular breakfast that are, you know, not, no need to say much more than that because it's the same thing every month. So, you know, the breakfast. Uh, the big thing coming up in April is the Bye Bye Winter events in Fredericton. So there is... The bowling night on Friday, the Cedo Flash Mob, and Bye Bye Winter Bash on Saturday. Uh, so, if you have the opportunity, if there's any of those events you're going to want to go to for the, you know, the finalizing of the contest, it's the Bash at Killarney Lodge. If there's any one you want to go to, that would be the one to go to. Yep. Uh, it's expect they had over 100 people last year, so it's up 200 people. probably. That's in yeah, that's in Fredericton. Okay. Killarney Lodge, that's the great Killarney spot. Lodge in Fredericton. They've had other events there. Great spot. Lots of caches in the area. Beautiful view. Nice trail. You got a nice spot in Ducido this year. Yeah. Oh, I saw. Yeah, they're in a different spot. It's on the trail that it starts behind the Superstore on the north side. Oh, along okay. the river. Okay. Nice little, nice walking trail right yeah. along the river to clean up. Yeah, that's uh, Tree Hunters doing the CEO again, I see. Yeah, they abandoned the highway park because the Adopt the Highway program is canceled. The province doesn't do oh, it anymore. Oh, really? I didn't realize so, that. No, so, because they had a three kilometer stretch and the government canceled. Yeah, they had the, the Fredericton geocacher. The sign is still there. Sign. This section of highway, right by the airport, Fredericton Airport. So they're just not the linking the highways anywhere? Or has <laughs> They're going to just pay their own staff or not clean them. But they're not sponsoring so that. The government anymore. is canceling a program that really didn't cost them a whole lot of money. You know what it cost them? It cost them a couple hundred bags and some gloves. Yeah. So maybe a hundred bucks and they got a three kilometer stretch cleaned every spring or fall. Yeah, I don't right. know what that's about. That's hey, your tax dollars at work, right? Again, that's another whole. That's another podcast. <laughs> Let's bash the government in another yeah. one, right? And then on Sunday morning there is the brunch. Um, yep. On the east side, it's the cross river. North south. North so south. one of them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know my directions in Frederick. Yeah. Um, it's at the hotel there. Really, really good food. Great. Uh, went there last year. Great spot. So if you have a chance, if you you know got nothing going on that weekend, I definitely big big plug uh, to come out to these events. Uh, any of the events, but particularly the bash. Uh, Milo's heart did ask me to mention that she would like anybody that is planning to go to any of these. Um, even if you're thinking about going and you're not sure, log your will attend. Uh, they're trying to use that to sort of gauge their numbers and that kind of thing. So 
like I said, if, if you're, it doesn't matter where you are really in the province, Frederick is not hard to get to. So uh, I really, really recommend it. it I don't think I'm going. It's a, a big, big weekend. Which weekend is that? That's the, the last weekend of 27, the 27, 28, 29th. Yeah, yeah, very end. Because my daughter's birthday is on Monday, so we're, we're going to go there for the weekend and then come home for her birthday. So. See, my son's birthday is the 28th. Oh, I'm going fishing the weekend before, and I'm going fishing the weekend after. <laughs> so that's my middle weekend. It's my son's birthday. Probably not going to go. So. Um, we are doing a cash hiding event, so we already kind of talked about that. So come out and learn a little bit more about hiding caches and so forth. Um, Big one, the Fundy event, yes. is, why don't you talk a little bit about that, Ken? We can I'm finish. making the call tomorrow, but the uh, event is on for the 20th. The night before, there's going to be a campfire and night orienteering. 20th uh, is the Sunday, right? Yes. Okay. Saturday, good. come down Saturday, spend the night, spend the weekend if you want. Um, we, uh, Saturday night is the campfire. So I'm going to look after the campfire part, he's looking after the orienteering part. It's his event, but we're, we already discussed that we're going to share the duties. Cause, and it's actually... We have, Cash FNB has site one and two booked for the whole weekend, but Orienteering decided to host an event in my shelter that I have reserved. So it's at number two, and I, that's my, so anyway, that's where we're having it. At I my thought shelter. he's had number four booked. He's got three and four booked. Okay. I've got one and two booked. Okay. So anyway, that's happening there. So we're going to do that, then the next day, the event will go, and go find the caches. I'm going to get the event. The caches come out Saturday afternoon, maybe. So if some people are anxious, they can go get a couple Saturday night if they want, and or you can go get them all Sunday. I don't know where they're going to be. Uh, the coin has been contact has been made. The coin is designed and ready to go. Um, I don't know anything. I don't know if it's wooden, metal, trackable or not. Okay. I'm assuming wooden and not. So because that's what they've done the last two years. I do know what's going. I believe well, I'm not going to say what's going to be on. It. <laughs> uh, I know what's going to be on. I'm not going to say. The theme is uh, Historic. historical structures. Yeah. So, uh, they're looking at places now, so I'm calling tomorrow to do the final details and then go down to Ida probably 1st of May. Sweet. So, uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Are you hiding them? What's that? You're the I'm, one. I'm hiding them. Yeah. Okay. So, Cash Up NB is going to own the listing, I'm hiding them, and then I'm going to host the event the next day. Okay. So, it will be fun. It's going to be good. Kind of on that topic, but a sure. little, uh, little tangent here. Sure. We just spent uh, the night in Cush uh, We just came oh, back. Oh, cool. Why are there no caches up there? Why because Cushmacquack Park is cheap. <laughs> we have and Fundy's not. <laughs> no, Fundy has staff and money. Cushmacquack says they have no staff and no money. We've approached them. They want caches. Then we say, okay, here's the deal. Oh no, we can't spend any money, and we can't put no staff in there to to, to, to help you. So I said, well, until you're ready, this is coming from the ACGA. Yeah. Um, so they are willing, but they have no money. So now that ACGA has asked Cash Up to look after things of that nature in New Brunswick, uh, we'll probably try to get a hold of uh Quack to do something for the winter. Okay. So this will be the May, and that out there will be like January, February. Okay. Type thing. So it is in the works. They have been talked to. They do have an agreement in principle with the ACGA to do something. Just the funds and the, the funding and stuff. Because that would be so awesome to put some along the, the skiing trails and stuff up there. Yeah. There's I make it a winter, yeah, and lo lots of room, and so that is in the works, and hopefully that'll happen. But, yeah, because there's one in the park. Oh, is yes. there one by Inspector Gadget? I think it's down uh, towards the end. There, well, actually, there's two in the park. There's one at the parking lot down where the 
way on the inside where the, where the canoes, you can rent canoes and boats. Yeah. There's one down in that parking lot. That's the one I was talking about. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's the only one I know. I thought there was one further up the river somewhere that might be just borderline in the park, too. It may be archived. I think there was two at one time. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, great little spot down there. I like to get some caches in. Uh, the only other event I had listed was uh, it was another intro event. I think it was Munyer Face, I want to say. Yeah, they do them I think, down there. I think they're they're putting on another uh, intro event, um, and that's that's all I had in the queue for as far as uh, events that are coming up. So there's there's there are some events coming. Uh, Funny is in May, and then I oh there was a flash mob. I saw Flash Mob Eleven or something from St. John. I think YNDS. Yeah. It's the one that's not on here, but I thought I just added that one yesterday or today. Um, so I expect that there will be more flash mobs that will pop up for that same day. Cool. Uh, that's in June. And then the Race for Cash, five-year anniversary, and this is kind of our, our closing up a little bit. Uh, five-year five anniversary for Monkey's Race for Cash. I have officially confirmed the date. So anybody listening that is curious, August 11th, 2012, if you want to... Uh, you want to participate in the uh, race for cash? That is the uh, date. It is a Saturday. Uh, based on the rumors, there will no be no collision with any concerts in the city. So hopefully that doesn't change. Yeah. Otherwise, the contest or the uh, the event date will change. Um, and beyond that, that'll that basically rounds us up. So cool. Any uh, any final comments before uh, we uh, sign her off? Keep nope. checking Cash Up and B for uh, updates on Fun Day, and I'll put them on there as well as the, the, the listing page. Yes. For the event, I'm going to update that as soon as I get the information. So, can't think of anything else. Oh, I'm going to we're going to talk and we're going to get that container. I like that idea. We'll yeah. look for a date, uh, probably maybe in June. Okay. Because there's stuff going on in May, so maybe in June we'll do uh, an event somewhere. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like and do something like that, maybe a barbecue or, or something outdoors. Yeah. Who knows? I, I like an outdoor event. Yeah. I've done a few outdoors. I, I like them outdoors. Cool. Thank you guys for coming out tonight. Oh, thank yeah. you for having us. <laughs> awesome. Great. All right. So uh, I guess that wraps us up for uh, April. And uh, see you next month. <laughs>